on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. Everything from yesterday's keynote that wasn't the Note 10. We talk 5G, LTE, Microsoft, Bixby, and the Book S. So in the chat, we're talking about the headphone jack. And uh, <laughs> Tim says, about that headphone jack, if you can't afford a $10 adapter for the 3.5 millimeter, I'm sorry, but the $1,100 phone is not for you. Jay from Jersey contributes, haven't used a headphone jack since 2013. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of people are going... Um, Bluetooth these days. I think it's less of the the logistical argument that like, oh my god, how can you survive without a headphone jack? It's like, wow, I never thought I'd see the day, right? Like, that's kind of my takeaway from it. Well, I, I, don't, yeah. I think it's kind of annoying. I mean, if you look at Apple, their products right now, the if you have like the new Macs, you still have a headphone jack. If you have the new iPads, it's USB-C. If you have the iPhone, it's Lightning. So the only thing that actually works across all of those is Bluetooth. And the problem with some of these Bluetooth, it, like, you know, AirPods are great. They're easy to connect, whatever. But it's the battery just doesn't last very mm-hmm. long. Uh, you know, so if I'm on a long flight, I'm going to use wired headphones because I don't want to be stuck halfway through and can't watch Netflix or what, whatever. I think they're more, um, it's more logistics. too because you don't have the weight of all of the components just resting in your ear. And I don't think it's the expense either. It's, it's the annoyance of, well, if I want to use this technology that I already invested in for whatever my reasons are, now I have to have a dongle. And now I have to get one. And now I might lose You have it. to find it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And for me, when I'm using my um, wireless headphones, I'm draining the battery on my headphones, and I'm usually draining the battery on my phone, too, because I don't mm-hmm. always plug in. You know, I'm not thinking about that. And so then when I end up with both things at low power, I can't, I can charge only choose them. one thing yeah. to charge and continue what I'm watching. And that's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So um, I didn't get a chance to really mention it. So one of the reasons why Samsung is removing the headphone jack, they say, is space. Um, so they can make batteries larger and keep the phones a little bit thinner and a little bit lighter. Right. Um, I think that's certainly part of it. I think it's also, you know, just kind of going with the flow and going with the time. Samsung was always going to have to do this. This is the way that things are going. Same yeah. way with removable batteries. Everybody was up in arms about batteries being embedded. And Samsung, for the longest time, we're proud of our removable battery. We're going to keep this going for you until the day they didn't. They're like, well, now we can make it bigger. <laughs> But it is still annoying. (laughs) (laughs) What else have we got? Uh, Ryan says, I feel like this is a misstep for Samsung to sell two different sizes of this phone. Make one size and make it really good instead of making one clearly inferior. I mean, it's just that price point argument, right? It's the people that are right on that border and they're trying to sucker you in. Would you say one is clearly inferior? I would. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well we have differing opinions here in terms in terms of so there's actually like quite a long list of what the differences are it just depends on you know do you value those so for example okay there's the size there's the battery capacity that goes with the size um there's also a fourth camera on the galaxy note 10 plus Mm. and that's that ar depth camera so if you want to do the things they're not a big deal but if you want to do things like portrait video or ar doodle or that 3d scanning thing you can't do it on the 10 you have to do it on the 10 plus and there's also there are more um, battery not battery storage configurations so you can get more storage out of the 10 plus that's the only one that you know um, in the U.S. that you can get with 5G if you wanted, even though Shara and I are on the same page that you shouldn't necessarily do that, and micro SD card slot. I do think that Samsung is artificially creating a boundary between these to justify mm. having the higher price and the bigger phone. It's got more of things. But there are a lot of people out there who do want the best, and they want to have those options there, you know, 
just in case they decide to use them. So Shara is right. In terms of the core features and functionality, there's not really much of a difference. Mm -hmm. In terms of little differences on paper, uh, if you want that fourth camera, you're not gonna get it on the Note 10. So what I think I'm hearing is, technically, of course, like if you look at the specs, it's an inferior phone, but I think Shara's perspective might be for an average Nobody's person. gonna use this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if you look at, nobody's nobody's gonna be like I'm I'm sorry like the AR stuff looks great but it's not something you're gonna be using most of the time right like uh yeah maybe if you're gonna eight hold hours a day for four years or whatever you know maybe by that point there will be things that really take advantage of it but at least right now it seems like it's more kind of a novelty feature right. um, they also have a the ability to like measure things which we also saw in the iPhone which could be interesting but again I think for like a regular user who is accessing their phone every day, you're getting the stylus and it's a little bit smaller and you you know, it's the same processor. It's it's going to be it, the things that you would get in the bigger one for a regular user, you're not going to miss them. Right. For a power user as Jessica pointed out, which is who've tended to be note users, you would want all of those things. Right. But they've kind of positioned the smaller one as the note for people who never had a note. Right. Like if you yeah. own a note and you want a new note, you're gonna buy the big one. If you are like, a stylus sounds really interesting and this device looks kind of great, um, you're gonna get the smaller one. Mm -hmm. What else are people asking about? Great questions coming flooding in. The strange Sweet. one asks, given the shift away from 3.5 millimeter jack on mobile devices, do you think we'll start seeing more headphone makers have their default cable used uh, USB-C so they can control the digital analog conversion. I think we're all moving to USB-C. Conversation, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all yeah, moving to USB-C. Right the, the, um, the rumor is, th I think there's still uncertainty about this next iPhone. I think it's still going to be lightning, but eventually everything's going to be USB-C. Yeah. It's a USB-C world. Yeah, but it's great because you don't have to carry, you know, three chargers for everything yeah. anymore. And you can charge your computer and your phone. And, yeah. uh, you know, it just like it makes life easier. Yeah. And then if they all get wireless charging, like the wireless power share, imagine that you've got your laptop that's plugged into USB-C yeah. and then you've got your phone on top of that. Like that becomes the wireless charging pad for your phone and all of your other accessories. Yeah. That is what I really want. <laughs> and we're working toward it. We're getting there. Yeah. How long until you think someone's going to make the headphone jack as a big special feature retro return throwback? And who do you think's going to do it? Two years. Who makes, the, like, big, who makes the big number cricket phone? Like, who does that? Uh, I don't know. It'll be that. It'll be that. <laughs> like, the ones for grandparents. Jitterbug? Yeah, the jitterbug. Yeah, the jitterbug. Whoever yeah, makes the jitterbug is going to make a smartphone version of the jitterbug that I, also has headphone jacks. I think the 3.5 millimeter headphone is going to go away. Yeah. I mean, we're, that's just kind of how we are. You're, you're going to be buying the jack for that. You know, but even on converter. other audio audio equipment, like we're talking about phones here, but like there still will be interest for that for other things, won't it? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it could be a little bit wonky for a while and yeah. kludgy, and that's what we see every time there's this sort of shift, right? Any time there's a shift in chargers, but you know there are other benefits to USB-C too. Um, so it's it's possible that it will be harder to find that yeah. kind of headphone in the future. But you're applying logic to it. I'm saying novelty. <laughs> Give it a couple years, and it's going to be like a big thing. Like, remember this when I was your age? Yeah. And it's we're just bringing be the back gimmick. the headphone like, jack. Right. Right. You see right. the... If I'm going to put money on it, I'd say BlackBerry or Palm. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but yeah. Tim, Tim says Nokia. Oh yeah, uh, could be. Yeah. Well, 
I fully think it, it's it's going to be Apple. It's going to be a joke. Everyone no. Can, yeah, no. It's definitely not. No. I, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. No, 100% no. All right. Let's you see the, the, the phone adapters. I will take your money <laughs> yeah. any day of the week. Ryan Happy to bet you on that. All right. Uh, Tim says, did they miss an opportunity when the Galaxy Book S didn't have any wireless charging for the Note 10? You mean like having a, like... Like what I just described? Uh, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, we're not, but that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so the Note 10 does have wireless power share, which is where you can charge up your other devices. Any device, you can charge up an iPhone on it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually really great. So it makes use of this big battery. You pull down you know, the notification shade, quick access toggle, you turn your phone over, and you can put a phone on it. You can put any watch, any... Um, any earbuds that charge wirelessly, um, and it basically cuts you off at 30% battery, and 30% battery, at least on the Galaxy S10 phones, will still last you a very long time. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about the momentum in that direction. Yeah, we haven't talked about a couple, we've been focused on the phones, because of course, everyone's really interested in them, we haven't, maybe we can take just a couple minutes to touch briefly on things that, like the Microsoft partnership, the laptop we're talking a little bit about now. Mm-hmm. There were other things beside the phones there. Maybe mm-hmm. if you both can, like, Shari, you can start. One thing that doesn't have to do with the phones that you thought was impressive or interesting. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think, like, the Microsoft partnership, that was kind of their surprise that no one actually, right. it didn't leak, no one, right. no, no one knew so about rare. it. Like, the Galaxy Book S, that had kind of leaked. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've been expecting that anyway uh, since last December when Qualcomm announced that chip and said it was coming in the third quarter in devices. So we were expecting it at some point. The Microsoft partnership, I think, is interesting, though. Samsung has, over the past few years, has really pushed this, like, sort of open partnership sort of thing. Um, You know, part of it is because they do struggle with software and they do struggle with services. They're throwing a lot of money at it, but it's still hard for them. So a lot of the things they announced um, with, you know, like how being able to link your note with your uh, PC, being able to, uh, later this year, you'll be able to take calls on your PC. All of those things you can do with your iPhone and your Mac. So it's kind of offering this functionality that people are getting used to right. on the in the Apple ecosystem, but doing it, you know, by partnering with right. the biggest PC maker and the biggest mobile maker, and or biggest is, PC software. This is also really savvy. For years, Samsung has wanted to kind of go up against Google. Samsung wanted to be its own thing apart from Android. So you would think that mm-hmm. Google and Android would be answering to handoff and continuity, which is what it's called for your iPhone and your Mac. Um, and I've used it, and it's great, and I love it. So we have messages for web from Google, which basically is if you use that app, you can have a browser window and you can have your messages. But we don't have that full, complete integration. So I see Samsung trying to sort of sidestep Google and be like, well, if you're not going to fix it, we're going to fix it. We're Samsung. We're huge. We can do everything. And they've got that mobility reach. Microsoft isn't cool. Right. Um, Such a Nadella, though. Everyone kind of loves that guy. Yeah. They think he's cool, even if Microsoft is totally. It's really had a resurgence in the past couple years. Yeah. It's true. And Xbox has certainly helped. But when you think about Microsoft, (laughs) you think of a stodgy company. A lot of people use the software. You think of Microsoft. A lot of people use. Right. Exactly. And And that's. You think of debt like word processing. (laughs) It's not fun. And then you've got Google. They actually both have to gain to partner with each other and kind of cut Google out because a lot of people use, we use, Google 
people for work, right? We use online tools. Um, so Microsoft has struggled in that area. So with Samsung, they get this massive global reach. Samsung is the world's largest smartphone maker. And with Samsung, they get a partner to kind of attack what Apple does, especially if they don't think that Google is being fast enough in creating these experiences. Yeah. And there's nothing Samsung would like to do more than own an experience. Mm. <laughs> what else do people want to know? Uh, Brian says, uh, in regards to the Microsoft partnership, what does that actually mean? They showed you how to put DeX on Windows, but I'm willing to bet they haven't tried it. Uh, <laughs> could you do that with the Microsoft Connect app? Do we know the specifics about what the partnership's going to, how it's going to play out? Well, so those are two different things, um, right? So with, with DeX, you do have to download an app on your computer, and that's the same with Link to Windows, which is where you basically mirror those contents of your phone onto the computer. That's that handoff kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, what the partnership will entail, what we've, we, we can only talk to what we've seen so far, right? Things like um, handwriting notes on the phone and then exporting that into a Microsoft Word doc. Um, PowerPoint presentation support as part of the gestures. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that we can expect to see more of that going forward, but they certainly didn't announce what the partnership right. will look like. Right. Just more. Just more. More <laughs> of what we crave. Anything else, Brian? What, the, what else do people want to know? I just want to see S Pen Notes be able to translate into a Microsoft Paint. That's what I want to do. Into Paint? Yeah. <laughs> in a 3D AR thing, so the words actually light up in the space around you. No, I, I, want, I, would I want to paint. see if it can translate my handwriting, because it is terrible. <laughs> and I do use the note for taking notes pretty often. It was and pretty And I almost good. can't even read it, so we'll, we're going to see. I have to say, to it was pretty on point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a little unrestrained and become even messier somehow on the digital screen. It's just, you know, it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, and it got every single word. However, I didn't really put it to the test writing yeah. like long stories or anything like or that. Really, really fast. Right. Yeah. Walking, like writing while you're walking or something That's like that. That's definitely something I would totally do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just about as dangerous as Jessica Dolcart likes to try with the <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even more. Living on the edge. Yeah, really living on the edge. What else, Brian? I think that'd be a great idea for a video for us to do like as a follow-up review piece like six months down the line. I mean, no offense, but pretty much everybody that works at this company has atrocious handwriting. Uh, myself yeah. included. I've got We could have been doctors scratch. or journalists, and we picked the, the one more with... lucrative. <laughs> one that pays terrible. Also has terrible hours. hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Awful future. Well, guys, at least we save lives. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I think we should do that, though. We should get together the worst handwriting on the team and just see how the translate works. But I don't we'll think we're going to wait for that. I think we're just going to do that right when I get the review. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll contribute to that if you want. Love it. Uh, Brian says, have you all talked about how the Galaxy Book is ARM-based and will probably have compatibility problems? Well, um, I mean, we've kind of started to see this shift where that doesn't matter so much. Like, you're supposed to think of the Galaxy Book as a laptop, but really a mobile, more mobile experience. Like, the benefit of this is the battery life, they say, is 23 hours. We'll have to see what that actually means when our reviewers actually test it. But it's it's supposed to be this device that's just kind of, like, instantly on. Um, you know, I don't know if every version will have cellular or if um, it's just certain versions, I'm not exactly sure how that will work. But it's the the idea is that you're connected all the time, and a lot of the apps we're now using are um, mobile apps, you know. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, Microsoft has really put time into this. So any kind of of those core apps that just like a normal user would want, they're going to work. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's going to be a big issue. Mm-hmm. And then when you pair that with this push towards using your phone as basically the engine that drives your computing experience, you can really see how the two of those would go together. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, does this mean that the uh, Samsung smart speaker is officially dead? Oh, yes. No. The ghost. It's not. I don't think it's officially dead. Because <laughs> um, they said... It's coming. Yeah, I mean, they showed year, it. Like, what, two years ago? It was a, a year, year ago. ago. They announced it a year ago. They've talked about it several times since then. Um, the the um, At their event in February. earlier this year, February. Yeah, it was like February or March. February, they showed some capabilities of it on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to their CEO quickly after the event, and he said April is kind of the date he gave. We did not get that. Okay. The Samsung PR said first half. We did not make that. Right. A Korean exec has said um, had said in an interview third quarter, they can still make that. Yeah. Um, IFA is coming, a huge trade show in Berlin the first week of September. We could see it there. Mm. Who knows? I think there's a lot of issues in the smart speaker market that they're kind of aware of. Um, yeah. It's Apple is struggling. Yeah. You know, HomePod has had a permanent price cut. We haven't seen a new one. Yeah. Uh, Bixby struggles. And in the note, Jess can talk about this too, they've kind of de-emphasized Bixby like before there was a button and right. now you don't really have to run across Bixby if you don't want to. Yeah. Right. right. You just have to accidentally press and hold and then it will <laughs> yeah. come up. But you can also remap the, but you can remap the button now so you can Well, you can so if you double tap, you can remap that so that will open up the camera by default. That's just an Android yeah. you know, feature. Yeah. Um, and you can remap that to open up any app. If you press and hold then you're you have a couple options but they're for Bixby only. Yeah. So you can still get to it, but it means that you've got one button on the side instead of two. Mm. I think for most people, that's actually better. Yeah. Any word on that being retroactively implemented in older models? I'm running an S8 over here. Yeah, uh, no. Oh, no, you're... you're They're sp- not going to retroactively <laughs> take away your buttons, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. But yeah, give, I mean, me, it is int- give me a little case knife and I'll see what I can do. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's an interesting shit, though. Like, the when button. they launched Bixby, I was in Korea and I talked to the, um, the head of of their like software and services. And what he had said is they envisioned Bixby buttons on all of their products. Right. So it's not even just the phone. They were picturing like a washing machine right. with a Bixby button. Right. And so kind of moving away from that, I think they've realized that uh, there's still more they need to do with Bixby. They've set up all of these AI centers all over the world all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have to see what they do to make it smarter and make it something that we really want to use. Like, I don't think they're moving away from Bixby. Yeah. But just, you know, to actually come out with a consumer product like a smart speaker and their first smart speaker, yeah. they need to kind of make sure that it really works and that it's something that people are going to want to buy. So do you guys think, you know, voice assistants like Bixby, like Cortana, the ones that aren't um, Google or Amazon... Um, and, you know, Siri to an extent, the ones that are really struggling. Do you think that's more the fault of those assistants not being stellar? Or is it more the fault of the fact that behaviors just normal human behavior hasn't gone to the point where it's natural and our first instinct is to talk to something yet? Which do you think it's a little both? And which one do you think is? I think more? Google is so good right now. Yeah. Right. That AI, their database, 
I think it's really hard for anybody who's not Google. Yeah. yeah well, to really or Amazon. Or Amazon. Amazon but got it through very lucky. Yeah. yeah. Amazon, Amazon got lucky by getting there first. Yeah. Um, and Amazon has a lot of clout, but it doesn't have the database that but, Google has. It doesn't have the tie into other devices. That's I mean, true. I would I would argue with that a little bit though, because Google Amazon didn't get there first. Siri did. Siri yeah. got there first years ahead of everybody else with voice assistants. Oh, I'm talking about smart speakers. Yeah, but it's still it's all tied together. The reason yeah. that you know Amazon eventually you know got to smart speakers was because they failed in phones. Yeah, and so they <laughs> you know they were nobody nobody wanted to buy the Fire Phone. So because of that, they kind of found this new market, the smart speakers. But, you know, it's the same voice assistant. It's not like, you know, but it's just, you know, it's amazing. Like my little nephews, like my mom has an Alexa speaker and they just like go up and talk to him, play like play baby shark, like, you know, do all this stuff. And it's become so natural for them to speak to their technology. Whereas I think us, like we didn't necessarily grow up speaking to our technology. So it'll be interesting to see like when like kids today who like there's always been a smart speaker or a phone in their home that has these what that looks like if you really want to rewind time uh the assistant voice assistants have been on smartphones for a long time they definitely predate siri um that was one of those moments where apple just made it happen popularized it but definitely didn't pioneer it so a company called nuance there were voice commands that you could give phones we just weren't there yet it wasn't appealing it wasn't a great experience and it was really on a lot of those high-end phones not phones that most people had in their pockets. Back in those days, it was the dumb phone or the feature phone or the flip phone that people were really using. And it was just sort of like power business users who had that other device. And there was nothing natural about the language. So it's a really interesting topic. (laughs) You say we didn't grow up talking to our uh, technology, but tell that to my Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was mostly a listener with my Teddy Ruxpin, though. <laughs> I just let him talk to me. Uh, okay, we're short on time, and there's a lot of really great questions we're not going to be able to get to. Uh, but let's go ahead and floor one more with the Galaxy Book S. Do we have a cell, like an LTE uh, connectivity option with that? Mobile connectivity. They didn't say, but it's, it uses a Qualcomm chip, so there will be there will be um, an LTE option. I'm sure. Uh, you know, that's kind of the benefit of these devices is that you just like you're always connected everywhere you take it. It's basically like a big smartphone, I think, is yeah. the way that that these companies have envisioned it. Um, so I don't know the specifics about that, but I would say highly likely. Yeah. Great. Is that all for today? Do we have to end? Yeah, we do have to end. But let's go out on uh, a speculation note. Um, <laughs> well, first and foremost, uh, as far as the upgrade scale goes, people always ask, like, I've got a S- S8 or a Note 9 or whatever. Like, should I upgrade? Where does this fall on the upgrade scale? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I mean, that's always up to you individually. But the, I would say that the differences are really iterative from the Note 9 to the Note 10. And if you already have a pair of wired headphones that you wanna use, um, then I don't think uh, you're gonna find a whole lot that's new or different in the Note 10 phones. But if you are upgrading from other devices, if you do like the smaller screen size, relatively smaller screen size, 6.3 inches of the Note 10, um, that price point is still under $1,000. So it's still cheaper than the Galaxy S10 Plus was when it launched. I think that could be really compelling for somebody who is um, new to Note or who has an older Samsung phone and they want to upgrade. But I, I would not do this last round, right? If you have an S10, an S9, 
or note nine, then I, I would say like, you know, just wait, give it a year. You probably have still a lot of mileage on your device now. And finally, true to form, we don't even have this model out, but what do we predict is going to come for the S11? 5G. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're going to see the things refined. I think the fingerprint will probably get better, you know, yeah. things like that. Cameras. Let's talk about photography really fast. Yeah. Um, so we think we're probably not going to see a headphone jack on the S11. Yeah. I think certain models, if they follow the same model where they have the E now and then the regular S10 and then blah, 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 um, then I think we could see no micro SD on some of those um more value plays. Um, in in terms of camera, Huawei and Google have been doing really amazing things. Oppo too, really amazing things with Zoom and with low light. And these are areas that Samsung is falling behind in. Mm. Um, now, a lot of people hate it when I say this because they're like, the cameras are great. And it's true. The cameras are really, really good for the average person taking average pictures. But if you're looking at the industry and you're looking at who's playing at the top of that game, you look at Samsung, that's number one, you know, they are letting other people eat their camera lunch. Um, they need to have either a standalone night mode or an integrated night mode that does the same thing with just like super amounts of clarity and light. What they have now is good, um, but it could be better. Other, I mean, if with, other phone makers are making better processing. Yeah, with some, with some of these other ones, you can basically be in a black room and it will still show what better than what you can see with the eye almost color detail yeah. color it's, detail. it's amazing yeah. with zoom you've got three different lenses and you can you know move among the lenses that's nothing new that pre-existed these phones um but you have like incredible optical zoom with other competitor devices and samsung's not bringing that mm -hmm. so it exists in the industry and Samsung just hasn't brought it. So hopefully that's something that we'll see. And I'd like to see face unlock. So we know that the Pixel 4 is going to have secure face unlock. Samsung had iris scanning for the longest time, and that was secure enough for mobile payments. And then that went away in the S10s. Mm. Why? No idea. Um, so hopefully that's something that Google will bring. It hasn't been announced for Android Q, but we know that it's coming to the Pixel 4. So maybe Samsung's just waiting for that to become available and then just to use mm. the Android system. Mm. Just promise me you're going to show me that uh, microphone, like the directional microphone zoom feature. Oh, absolutely. That seems pretty cool. That's got my interest. All right. That's a good way to go out. Thanks, everybody, for a great week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Samsung gave us a couple of neat things to talk about. And go ahead and keep sounding off on Twitter, in the chat, in the comments. And uh, we'll see you on Monday. Joan. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Tag us online and let us know what you want to see on the show. For The Daily Charge, I'm Joni Salzman. I'm Jessica Dahlquart. And I'm Shara Tipkin. Thanks for listening.